0: This is Star Talk.
1: Hello, and welcome to Star Talk. I am Dr. Natalie Starkey, and this is Star Talk All Stars. I am going to be your All Star host today, and joining me as a co-host, I have comedian Chuck Nice. Hey, Natalie. Woo. Thank you. Good Thank you to be me. with you again. Yes, it's going to be fun. I think because today we are going to be talking about water in space. I want to just stress that I'm saying water, water, water. water. I'm water. very British. Exactly, water. There's a T in the middle of water. Not water. Not water. No. Not
0: getting, you're not having water. We
1: are actually talking about that as well. It's, We're, it's talking thing. Okay. Yeah. We're talking so, about water
0: too. Yeah. So water too. I
1: guess I want to talk about this subject because it's quite important, right? We we drink water all the time. Or we water. drink liters of it.
0: I'm going to say that water is indeed the most important substance on earth ever
1: okay you said it okay I,
0: i really believe that there is nothing more important than water i believe that is where the origins of life stem okay i believe that that is why it is the most necessary thing to sustain life so it is where life began and it is also where uh it is also what sustains it and for some reason, we don't treat water like it's important. We need to respect
1: the water. Respect Yes. The water. <laughs> you respect the water. You are so right, and it's a bold statement, but I think you know it's fair enough. We do need to respect, but we need to understand where it came from because it does appear that Earth is the only planet in our solar system that has liquid water on its surface. Now, it's not to say there isn't liquid water elsewhere, but not on the surface on the of surface. any other planets. Right. It's probably ice. Now, there's loads of water in the solar system, but it's it's probably as ice. Now, importantly, we think we need it as liquid for life to store, to start and form and everything. So. Why are we the only planet with liquid water? This is one of the big research questions and, you know, one of the questions we should be asking.
0: I'm going to say it's because we're special.
1: We, we are special. Yes, we so. are. We I are really very do. special. I think we're
0: special. I mean, just look around the solar system. OK, we're pretty damn special. <laughs> All right. Take that, Venus. There we with go. Your hot climate surface. That, exactly. Right. OK. C- crazy hot. Yes, we are basically the Bahamas of the solar system.
1: Okay. You You know, it's the place place you want to be. It's
0: the place you want to be. I
1: like that. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. So, okay, to help us with this subject today, um, we have a world expert on water in the solar system, and it is Lindy Elkins-Tanton. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, thank
1: you so much. That's all right. We're really glad you could join us. Now, I'm going to get this right. You're the director of the School of Earth and Space Exploration. Is that correct? At Arizona State University? that's
2: exactly right
1: that's okay exactly. and yep. what does your job involve just directing people around the <laughs> university
0: <laughs> you over there pick that up <laughs> i'm director lindy <laughs>
2: remind them that we're living in the bahamas basically that's what i do okay that's good <laughs> no I'm, i i serve right that's what that's what directors do i try to make it easier for the scientists to do their jobs and answer their big questions and a lot of people here are working on questions just like what you're talking about why do we have water here? Why is there not liquid water elsewhere? Why is the Earth not Venus? Thank
1: goodness. Thank, <laughs> Thank
0: goodness. Very cool. And Very
1: your cool. own research. I mean, you've got a background in research as well. And, and that's what you've been looking at, right? You've, you've been looking at this yes. kind of how how we get water on planets and all this business. So you are going to be quite helpful, I think, because today we're going to be looking at cosmic queries yes. and trying to answer some questions from the peoples out there about this subject. Um, so. I think we should probably kick off and see see how we go. Yeah,
0: let's jump right into the questions here. And um, I'm going to take uh, one from Dylan Hallahan, who is a Patreon patron. Uh, if you're a Patreon patron, uh, you, what you get to do is uh, uh, send us a question, and we will give it priority because if you're a Patreon patron, it means that you have supported us financially and uh, you help make this whole thing happen. So uh, it's actually... Addressed to both of you, Dr. Elkins Tanton and Dr. Starkey.
1: Very nice. Very How, formal.
0: Isn't that very formal? But <laughs> still very cool. How likely would it be for us to set up a workstation in a L- uh, Lagrange Point? Okay. okay. Limit fuel consumption and keep equipment in safe location near the moon Europa. And be able to take multiple trips to analyze the composition or harvest the water that lies beneath it. Now that, wow. to start off, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, to start off the Cosmic Queries with that. that's, that, that's a, First of all, that's a super packed question right there. That is right a
1: there. big question. Okay. I mean, that's
0: a huge question. I mean, this this question really has more it's parts. It's got everything in that. Yeah, it's got everything. <laughs> in it. It's like a freaking Cosmic cake that you got to bake.
2: Person is too sophisticated. We're going to have to get them to answer their own questions. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you know, before we get into this, let me just ask another question. This guy knows okay? too much. Yes, right. Um, Lindy, what is water? <laughs> <laughs> no
1: <laughs> i could do that one
0: <laughs> all right so okay,
1: we can break it down let's break though. this down and get
0: into it first of all he's talking about a a workstation in a lagrange point
1: well i was going to start first with the europa part okay? Well, okay. I, I think that's the better way to get into this because
0: okay. you're the doctor
1: first of all why does he want to go to europa you know that's that's the big question what is so interesting about europa it is very interesting because what we think is happening there is that there is liquid water, but it's not at the surface. Um, it's under a surface of, of probably water ice. But the fact is that there potentially and quite likely is water under the surface. And this okay, is and why, do, why do we
0: say oh, potentially and most likely? What what evidence do we have? I think,
1: Lindy, am I right in saying it's it's um, not fresh water, is it? It's, it's salty, I, I think. Is that right? It's,
2: yeah. So we think it's salty partly because... Uh, fresh water is really rare in our solar system, and, and there we think that the water is actually in, there's, a, there's an icy crust, uh-huh. and then liquid water, and then underneath that, uh, a, a rocky core. And so the water and the rock are interacting, and uh, when geysers go up from the surface, it looks like they have salt in them. So it's not fresh water, but it still could be good for life.
0: Yeah. And, and when you say it looks like it has salt in them, when the geysers, uh, you know, create their plume into space, is that because we're able to, uh, it, we're, we're able to see that in in some form?
1: Yeah. So we can measure that that material that's right. coming off, um, and so they know that it's you know it's got potentially some some elements in it that look like it could be salty water now the thing is that planet is kind of sounding a lot like earth right we've got the rocky interior it sounds like our
0: poles we've got the, (laughs) the
1: oceans and okay we've got ice on the surface in some places um so it is one of the key places in the solar system that we're wanting to go in the future to actually look for life um but first of all we need to understand the you know the moon itself a bit a bit more but this is i think why this person is asking this yes. question. Dylan you know, is this is why this. we want to go there. And it, we definitely do want to go there. Now, the second half of the question, um, in terms of setting up a camp in an, you know, an orbit around it or something, it, I guess that is going to be extremely challenging. I mean, I, Lindy, I don't know what you, you know about this, but yeah. I think that would be I think, first of all, we just need to probably do a flyby um, and, and potentially drop something in so that we can work out what is going on there but trying to you know get into orbit around uh, something that's so far away that we don't know much about still um would that's be right. challenging
2: that's right so first we're just trying to send a mission that's going to do a whole series of flybys and look at Europa from different points of view and right away there's a giant challenge because there is such strong radiation that we don't even think the robotic spacecraft is going to survive for long Ooh, um, wow <laughs> Let alone a person. Now, yeah.
0: that's a huge, huge challenge. So the yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. the radiation itself would actually interfere with the instrumentation.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we think it'll break down the instrumentation. I heard someone say recently that if you could put an, an unshielded person on the surface of Europa, they would die from radiation poisoning in a matter of minutes. Ooh. It's that strong. It's that strong. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I don't think we want to hang around. And, and, and you know, NASA always says... You have to limit the number of technology miracles that you require for every <laughs> mission, and this idea of going and hanging out in the Lagrange point and then zooming back and forth—that's—that's that's, I can't count that high. That's a lot of technology miracles. That—that
0: that is. <laughs> all we need yeah. is all we need is a starship with uh, with shields that's it yeah. yeah
1: and you know what So, are you on yeah. this you got this
0: covered <laughs> <laughs> we
1: we can that's easy we'll just do that exactly. But you know in terms of Lagrange points I mean I think it's something that we can think about around the moon because this is a, a body we understand a lot better and you know it in terms of we would talk about asteroid mining that's one of the ideas we drag something into low low moon orbit and and then we can mine it and you know it's a bit easier because it's closer to us but okay. when you try and extend this out into the solar system it just gets so much more complex um, and we know so little about about these objects that it, it's basically impossible at the moment, but you never know in the future. We need to take small steps like the Apollo mission, small, right, steps, small steps, and we get there eventually.
0: So now I'm really fascinated by the fact that the radiation is so strong that it will actually impede the uh, uh, yeah. function of uh, instrumentation. With that in mind, is there any attempt to create uh, those circumstances uh, somewhere here close by and then... Test instrumentation, so that we can send it there. is Is that a is that a plan in the works at, at all?
2: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, I, so stay tuned because NASA has every intention of sending a, a flagship Europa vision uh, Europa mission. There's no launch date yet, but they've actually chosen the instruments. Ooh. So we're really trying to do this.
1: We are. We're really Does trying. Does this, to do this. Uh, mission have a name at the moment?
2: Uh, it's had several names. I don't know what its official one is. Uh, and the the controversy right now is, do we do what some of the congressional supporters want and try to send a lander, okay. or is that too many technology miracles and we're just going to fly by?
1: Okay, okay, that sounds good. That we sounds great. and this, but this isn't going to be for a while, or are we? Are no, we, no, there isn't.
2: There isn't even a launch date yet. I okay. think we have to get past. Mars 2020, yeah. and then, you know, some
1: other budget and issues. And see if there's any money. <laughs> oh, God, money now, see,
0: Question. that's where it all screws up. Know, when you right? start asking for the money. <laughs> yep, you so know. there's
1: no money. <laughs>
0: there's no, I mean, yeah, she and the funny part is, is, there's correct, tons of money. Yeah. There's so much money.
1: Just in the wrong places. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the billions of dollars that we give in tax credits to just one oil company. I mean, do you think we could do this for about $4 billion? Do you think if I gave you $4 billion? That's,
2: that's about right, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Excellent.
0: Okay, so there you go. That's one year. That's one year of tax credits. Wow. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine? That's one year of tax credits, and we could get this done. It's this crazy. Okay, don't get me started. Okay, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, here we go. How many
2: cents per person, you know? And it's not much. It's not no, much. So I'm true. just gonna give you that assignment, too. I think that's
0: okay. I'm, I'm on I'm on that one for you. <laughs> okay, Lindy, I'm on that one. <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. Um I like this. Nate Carlson from Ottawa, Canada would like to know this. How did large moons like Europa and Enceladus end up with so much water while others like IO are Mostly rock. So he went uh-huh. from Jupiter to Saturn and That's two different question. moons. Yeah. And okay. that are that we know are water, have a lot of water.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's but a then, good question. But then when you do think about most moons, you don't think of a moon as a place with water. You think of a moon as a dry desert, rocky, crater filled you know,
1: well, that's because we think of our moon, you know, and that's what so. we see right. because right. it's our closest neighbor, and we look up and we go, "Oh, it's there," and it's dry and rocky, and you know, fair enough. Right. But you know, they're all different, and they're all formed in different ways, and so they've got you know different origins, and therefore they're going to look different okay. after they form. So, I mean, I think part of the question, or the answer here is um, basically, I think it's the proximity of the moons to their big planet. So we take Jupiter. It, if you're really close to Jupiter, it, the effects that that massive planet. has has on a moon are, are going to strip away the atmosphere, any water away from that moon. Whereas I think, am I right, Lindy, in saying like Europe is further away, so it's managed to maintain its, its water? Is that right?
2: I think there's a mixture of things. I think I think you're right. It depends on what the uh, history of the moon is. You know, was it did, did it get was it from a giant impact the way the Earth was? Was it accreted from material very close to the planet or from farther away? And then, indeed, how does the planet affect it? Yeah. Does it have its own magnetic field that helps shield it, or is it just uh, um, fall victim to being stripped? of everything by, by the magnetic field
0: of its larger planet. Ah, okay. So all those things come together to pretty much determine, you know, whether or not, and that's why you see it. Like, I, I love the fact that he used Enceladus along with Europa. Yeah. Because now we have two different moons, two different planets. Yeah. And, and, and they do share those characteristics.
1: Exactly, yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. All right. Hey, Nate nice Carlson, plan. man. Nice, nice question, buddy. Nice question. All right, let's go to Anna Magnus. Uh, Mangus. Mangus. Sorry, not Magnus. Mangus. (laughs) All right. It's It's a mangus, baby. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anna wants to know this. Hello, this is Anna from Phoenix. Uh, Given the fact that we only see life-sustaining water in a few places in our solar system, how likely is it that in other solar system galaxies uh, there is water like we have on Earth? Earth.
1: Oh yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, great, great question. question. Yeah, <laughs> we we agree you on that. Both? Oh. oh, like where can we start? Let me okay. Say,
0: Anna, good job because I've never like both of them got excited at the same time, so that was a damn good question. Okay, go Lindy,
2: you, you you go ahead. Okay. First of all, yay Phoenix. That's what
0: <laughs>
2: I, mean, I have to say. <laughs> so uh, this is something I'm really obsessed with. Obsessed. Does the water does the water get built into the planet through its normal process of building up to planet size, or does it have to get added later? We used to be taught that the Earth got its water from comets that struck the surface after the Earth was pretty much completely made. And now we have lots of evidence that that's not true.
0: Oh, really? Lots of
2: evidence that the water on the Earth came from rocky material, the same rocky material that built up the bulk of the Earth. And if that's correct, it's not that later water wasn't added. I mean, we still have stuff falling to the Earth today and adding water. But the point is, it wouldn't be necessary and so if it's true that the Earth was born wet, then that means that rocky planets everywhere in the universe have a very good chance of being born wet. Ooh. And then the question becomes, how long can they stay that way? There's some lifetime to habitability, an and it's not going to be long enough
1: everywhere.
0: Let me just say that uh, that will be the name of my first erotic rock and roll album, <laughs> Born Wet. Um, secondly, uh, if you... <laughs> If you could please tell me um, how you uh, get water from a rock, aside from being Moses... Uh, if you could please tell me when you say that you think the water was built into the rock. Yeah,
1: okay. you explain what you mean by that? The thing is, the Earth was really, really hot to start with. So this is what I don't understand about these theories, although I've read Uh Lindy's papers, obviously, but it is still hard to understand how we would trap all that water in the Earth when it was, you know, thousands of degrees Celsius, Right. because water is volatile, and it's going to evaporate away. So um, how how do we keep it in the Earth if it, it, you know, went through this?
2: So water, we think, was delivered in uh, in crystals uh, that had water trapped inside the crystal, like wow. mica. There's a mineral that a lot of us have played with, and it turns out that there are water molecules actually trapped inside those crystals. Holy
0: crap! So cram. it doesn't
2: come as ice, and it doesn't come as liquid water. It actually comes as rock, uh, there we which go. is kind of crazy. And so <laughs> then it also turns out it's really hard to dry things, right. even if you melt that rock. And even if you melt it and raise it up to thousands of degrees, there's still going to be a little bit of water stuck in that liquid magma because water just doesn't go away that easily. It likes to hold in. So, so
0: people
1: say to me, so people say to me, how can that be? Right? Yes,
0: that's. I mean, that's. It doesn't
1: make sense, really.
0: (laughs) But it's fascinating. I mean, honestly, as a concept, it it really does. The the crystal itself is holding the water. It's holding the water. But to unlock the water in the crystal, because the crystal is a crystal, you would have to superheat that crystal to yeah. release yeah. the water molecule.
1: And that, if that didn't happen, then you can retain that water in the earth and then it, it can stay there. And then still water can come in from elsewhere. Right. Meaning the water yeah. we end up with is, is a bit of a mixture of potentially different sources, but actually you know, some of it was there from the beginning. Now, wow. unfortunately, we have run out of time on this. On no, this question, I know!
2: No, no. We, so no
1: we can come pressure. back. We can come back. All right, good. We got to come more back. Because there's, you know, there's plenty more to be had here. But for right. the time being, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back shortly. And welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I am Dr. Natalie Starkey. I still have Chuck Nice with me here, and Lindy Elkins-Tanton joining us from Arizona. Yes, back to the cosmic yeah. queries. Back
0: to the cosmic queries. Mm. Now, you know, we had to take a little break, but uh, I really did kind of step on Anna Mangus's Mon- question <laughs> when I interjected my uh, my uh, question about the crystals. But uh, let's get. Let me just give her the uh, proper due. Okay. Okay. Because here was her actual question. Given the fact that we see life-sustaining water in a few places here in our solar system, how likely is it in other solar systems and galaxies there is water like we have on Earth? So, okay, that's the that's the that's real crux. The we we got off into the crystals and you know that whole deal, and yep. uh, which is fascinating. It is, but uh, and it's important and, and very important. But please go ahead and finish honest uh, question.
1: Okay, so Lindy. Elsewhere, I think you you alluded before that you know yes, it's quite likely in the way we think the water in Earth is present, but it was trapped from the beginning. That actually this could happen lots of times elsewhere, all yeah. throughout the universe. Um, but we haven't have we seen any yet? Have we actually detected it?
2: There's hints of what's in the atmospheres of exoplanets around stars far away, but only about twelve of them have had any part of their atmosphere measured yet. So that's really an unknown area for us all we can really do right now besides work on making those measurements is learn more about how water is delivered to our planets here in our solar system yeah
1: yeah cool that's yeah that is it these things are very far away but i i strongly believe there is life elsewhere in the universe and that because there's water i think there's just got to be this place is so huge that you know it's unimaginable but i think it's got to be there
0: now a couple years ago i saw this uh I uh, read this article and there was a discovery and it was more of a postulate than a discovery uh, Okay. that um, there may be when we consider all of the galaxies that we know. uh, uh, And and now with the information that we have from the imaging that's coming back, that there might be as many as 600 million planets like Earth. Wow. Is that true? And yes, that is true. Cool. That is exciting. That's very exciting. And and so with 600 million planets like Earth, uh, uh, what does that do to the likelihood of life and even sentient life?
1: Yeah, I mean... it's a huge number to even imagine. This is like, so I just, it has to be that there has to be life somewhere else. I'm just absolutely sure of it. When we say they're Earth-like, we should probably explain why they're Earth-like. Yes. Because um, we end up, we we basically, to get an Earth, we need a planet orbiting a star that is, it's kind of the right distance away from the star and it's got to be the right size star so it's not too hot, not too cold Mm -hmm. and that this planet is at the right distance that it could have liquid water on its surface um, but it probably needs an atmosphere there to contain it, probably needs a magnetic field to keep it kind of safe um and and therefore it's kind of what we call the goldilocks zone so this is you oh. know the porridge that's sorry the oatmeal whatever you call it here oh, it's porridge. Not, yeah it's, it's porridge not as well uh, not too hot not too cold, not too cold. just perfect yeah. so that we have the really good conditions like we have on earth so these planets exist and there's a lot of them um, we you know it's hard finding them but they're, they're there just because they're so far away um, but yeah there are a lot of them i think they've got to contain life what do you think lindy is there life out there
2: I think that there has to be, I'm with you, but here's the thing that we really don't know. I, I think we're pretty confident that there are really a lot, hundreds of millions of billion planets like the earth, but how long does it take and how unlikely is it for life to actually start? If yeah. we have evidence here on earth that life only started on earth one time, even though we had the perfect conditions, right. does that make it less likely? However, I'm with you. There has to be life
1: out But there. we don't yet know if there isn't life elsewhere in the solar system. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> that There's true. not complex life. Right. So we know that because I think we would have seen it by now. But, you know, we're still looking on Mars. There might have been life in the past. And the
0: other thing that we have to take into consideration, though, is that there could have been life and it could be gone.
1: Yes, exactly. Because
0: our solar system will one day be gone. Yeah. So there is very possible that another solar system with the same type of conditions as an earth planet like ours came along and uh, now we're looking at uh, that system as a part of a black hole somewhere
1: yeah exactly so yeah, that definitely. is yeah okay all Which right a scary thought that'll be us at well some point. yeah you know i'm
0: not going to worry about that because i got a feeling that it might happen after i'm gone and yeah. i'm that selfish <laughs> <laughs> speaking of selfish Here's a great question from Travis Sheaves. We're going to bring it back to Earth. I I know both of you are... You know, concentrated on space, but here's a when we're talking earth water. is in
1: space. Er, er, it's all the same. We've got to look at the Earth to understand space.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. Earth is in space. I'm going to remember that. I keep remembering that because that's a good one. Earth is in space. Um, Travis says this. One big issue facing humans, especially in the third world countries, is access to clean drinking water. Is there a way to possibly manufacture water through chemistry or is it just not as simple as throwing two hydrogen atoms together with one oxygen atom? Is it even possible to create water or is there a finite amount available on Earth? That's a a great question. That is
1: a good question. And, you know, it's a a huge problem for when we want to explore the solar system because if we're going somewhere else where there's no water, then we need to take it with us or we need to pop by a comet or an asteroid on the way and, you know, get some water from it, melt it, you know, take it with us because we need water and humans are not going to survive very long without it. So if we want to go to Mars that again is one of the big challenges for having humans on Mars because to get water off the planet is hugely expensive. Right. It's not very efficient to get, you know, to launch stuff into space. So so this is a big problem. We need yeah, we need to find a way to either mine it on these planets if there is any water but you know most of them are bone dry. Um that's a big problem. But in terms of the Earth we, we have enough water. It's just in the wrong places most of the time, if you know what I mean. It's okay, like
0: right. we... It, right, exactly. I don't
1: think we need to find a way to manufacture it. It's, it's more of a way of getting clean water. We have a lot of salt water, but it's getting the clean, fresh water in the right places. Um, Linda, do you have anything to add?
2: I just agree with you completely. There's plenty of water, but too much of it is dirty or too much of it is salty. And we don't know where to find more clean water And making the dirty, salty water clean is expensive. Yeah. But you can make water, and I was so excited when I did that in the lab the first time. We were doing experiments uh, in these little tubes, and inside the tube was hydrogen. And uh, if you open the tube and the hydrogen started to burn, it makes water. Because when you burn hydrogen... You add you're, oxygen. You're oxidizing. Yeah, water. Wow. And uh, and and somehow making it and seeing the drops of water fall down uh, was kind of mind blowing to me because uh, you could do it hypothetically or like in your head, but this was for real. We were burning hydrogen and making
1: water. Yep, and this is why she's a scientist because we find these <laughs> kinds of things interesting. <laughs> oh, that is very interesting.
0: I mean, honestly, you're 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 burning hydrogen to create water.
1: That is crazy. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, a,
0: that's basically a James Taylor song. You know what I mean? That's really what it is. So.
2: just about emotions. It's it, all about emotions. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> so, wow. Um, so now, it, it, the fact that you've done this in a lab, uh, if we ever got to a place where we actually had to create water, uh, and this is what, what he was saying, we would be able to do that, as Travis wants to know. We would be able to create water out of nothing.
1: I guess so. And I think, didn't they do this in the Marshall yeah. I don't know. Yes. It wasn't. This Matt Damon was up there doing this. Right. It, it exactly. went. It went a bit wrong, didn't it? But you know, when you are burning hydrogen, you got to be a bit careful. But right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, Travis. Great question, man. That was very, very cool. Um, late, and let me put an addendum on his question. So um, you talk about salty water, water being in the wrong place. You talk about salty water. You talk about dirty water. Yeah. Is there now? We'll never run out of water, uh, ostensibly, because three quarters of our planet is water.
1: And we have a water cycle. And we have Everything a water cycle, goes round right? and now. Ecosystem
0: is part is is creates the water cycle. Yeah, is there a way if we stay on our current course that we would actually dirty enough water that we will run out of water? Is that possible?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't see why not because we're not very careful with it, and I guess at some point, you know. We will have to find a way to make all the water clean and that will be hard. But we could, you know, we can desalinate the seawater. It's really expensive and it takes a lot of energy to do that, which is the main problem. Um, I, yeah, I I have no idea. Lindy? Yeah. So the simple
2: answer is yes, because it's a finite, there's a finite amount of water, so you could make it all dirty. But the thing that I learned recently that really shocked me is uh, most of the water that we get is from wells. It's from underground water, you know, aquifers. Not only do we not know how much water there is in aquifers on the earth, um, almost none of that is, is legislated. Governments don't control how much water you take out of aquifers almost anywhere. So we don't know how much there is and we're not tracking it and taking care of it.
0: Wow.
1: That's worry.
0: That's worrisome yeah. to say the I least. I didn't know that. Till didn't, just recently. That's a crazy. So what you're saying is, uh, there's no regulation on the the amount of extraction, but In there's a lot all, of places. Uh, 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 but there is also no effort to measure how much is actually there.
2: People are beginning to work on it, but we haven't uh, we haven't gotten there.
0: Wow, that's a, uh, that's uh, I'm just going to say that's really stupid, but. You know, <laughs> It's <laughs> just my opinion Okay. <laughs> we're yeah. trying
2: to grow up as, as a civilization We're trying to grow up We're in a sort of An awkward adolescence here But
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right All right Hey, well, Travis That was a great question, man yeah. uh, Really, really enjoyed that all right. Uh, here's a simple one, and um, this is Tom Ricks from Western Australia.
1: There's never a simple question, is there, though? Uh, There's no stupid questions, well, but let, then, me just, oh, let me
0: just say, so this a is a short one. Okay, it's a short one. I don't know okay. if it's simple. <laughs> not sure if it's simple, because our, our listeners, they're not simple people, okay? It's true. Uh, Tom Ricks wants to know this. Is, is a comet, or is comet water salty or fresh? And can we find out?
1: Oh, okay, that's a nice question. Yeah, that is a nice question. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we, we can find out, definitely, because we can go and measure measure the water. It's, it's in the form of ice, uh, so we have to be able to measure the ices, but um, this comes off as vapour when the comet goes via the sun and gets heated up, so we can measure either vapours with telescopes or we can send a space mission and go measure these things. So this is definitely something measurable, um, and and we do do it. In terms of fresh or, or salty... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna hazard a guess. It's fresh. I should probably know this. This is embarrassing. Uh, Lindy, do, do you?
0: <laughs> passes Lindy, over. Lindy, save me. Help. <laughs> okay, ready
2: for this? I'm gonna hedge. This is called hedging. Okay. So, so when you, if you had salty water and you froze it, the ice would be almost entirely fresh. And so since oh. the water didn't start as salty water and it's frozen, I think it's mostly fresh. But it's dirty. Mm. Because yeah. there's all kinds of other ices and there are lots of rock fragments and bits of minerals and lots of organic matter, lots of uh, lots of complex hydrocarbon, biological building blocks kind of stuff. And so if you took a, a whole comet and you melted it, you would definitely not want to drink it.
0: Yeah, it would taste. A Speak for yourself, oil. Lindy. <laughs> okay? well, I'm all I'm you. saying is I can't wait to drink it.
1: We don't just have water ice on on these comets because of where uh, they formed. It's super cold. You can get other weird types of ice as well, like methane ice. Right. Um. And right. and so you've you've got a whole mixture. So yeah, y- if you could just get the the water ice itself, you'd probably be alright. But um, yeah, I'm not sure I'd want to be drinking all the methane water and stuff. Because right,
0: there's a lot of things that once you get to a certain temperature, they'll they'll become ice. Yeah, anything a lot of gases that, yeah. that will become ice exactly at a certain temperature.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay.
0: So and all and and all that's mixed in. And yeah. when you say mixed in, are, are, are they are they mingled, well, or are they mixed in as giant. in you have one type of ice next to another yeah, type?
1: Yeah, I mean it's probably a bit complex because you've got you've got the dust in the comet, and these are all kind of fine grained bits of rock, kind of small pieces of rock, um, just the dust that form the solar system. Right. But mixed into that, you've got organic material, which we kind of say it's kind of gloopy. It's like uh, <laughs> gloopy. That's yeah, a nice scientific of, term that I like it kind of holds stuff together it's like a glue to hold these these dust particles together otherwise the comet well it wouldn't just fall apart because there's not much acting on it to make it fall apart but this helps us stick the stuff together and then we've got the ices now in terms of understanding the distribution of those ices through the body I don't think we have a good idea about that at the moment but um, the methane ice forms what we call a clathrate it's a different it's kind of a different structure it's got a different structure to normal ice um, and that can actually you know have bits of other material in it but you then have the water ice as well I, I think yeah they're probably closely associated
0: closely associated but
1: it'll depend on the particular area of the comet and but yeah it will be dirty it'll contain a lot of a lot of the dust and the organic materials
0: so, very yeah. cool i don't know why but every time you said ices i had a patriotic uh, urge to kick that comet's ass <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry for that Everyone, please, I apologize. (laughs) All right. Have we got a quick one? Okay, let's get a quick one. And see, I said it was short, and you're right. It It wasn't simple. It wasn't simple. It it, it was a short question, but it really wasn't simple. All right, here we go. Uh, This is Heidi Heimler, and Heidi uh, says, Are there any indications of possible life forms in the rocky material that may be the source of water on Earth? So that's okay. a, that's kind of a, let's see, and I, I said simple. Great we'll, question. That's a really cool question. Okay. And I don't know, that, you know, that certainly, I don't know if we got time for it, but that's a great question. Lindy, so we have are that, there any indications yeah. of possible life forms in the rocky material that may be the source of water on Earth? A lot of stuff packed into that question. Okay.
1: So I think what we can do, this is a great question. So, Lindy, do you want to start answering this question? Um, yes. We may run out of time in the segment, but we can come no. back because I think there's probably quite a lot to say. So, yeah. <laughs> so
2: the short answer is no, there's not. Ah what? <laughs> but, but why no. not? We don't know why not. And so and so, actually, uh, we're teaching a whole course about this in the fall to try to begin to understand why
1: not because no one knows. Yeah.
0: Wow. That would see that we did have you time see, for that. It, question. We had
1: time, but then why? You know, this is some of the questions we've got to to ask, and, okay. and it, you know, it should be. So, it is. It's a really good question. It is but a good question. We can leave it there, we're um, gonna leave it there. and we're going to take a short break, but we'll be back with Star Talk All Stars shortly. Welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. I am Dr. Natalie Starkey. I'm still here with Chuck Nice yes. and Lindy Elkins Tanton, and we are getting some cosmic queries about water in the solar system. We've had a great time so far trying to understand this complex subject. Uh, so, you're going to. Let's move this on with another question. Let's hit
0: you with another question right here. Okay. I'm still reeling from the crystals. <laughs> the ro- I'm telling you right now. Wet rock. Wet rock <laughs> is yeah. like freaking me out. And uh, by the way, I, uh, for those of you listening and watching us here uh, on our video of Connect Pal, please look for my new erotic rock and roll album born wet <laughs> uh, named by dr lindy okay thank you very I want
2: much licensing fees
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right let us move on and this is jalen paxton and jalen uh, is coming to us from twitter at jalen paxton and jalen wants to know this what is the feasibility of using comets to combat fresh water shortage shortages on earth in the future now uh, We kind of touched yeah, on this we a little earlier a little when bit. you were talking about the ices on a comet. And
1: actually, no, I mean, it's a good question because um, it, they do contain a lot of water. But actually, asteroids also contain a lot of water. In fact, they could be, you know, tons and tons of water on asteroids, more than, than in the Earth itself. So... Um, and they might be easier to get to because we have quite a lot of near-Earth asteroids which are close to us, which we can get to quite easily. Yeah. But as, I think, as we've said earlier, it, it would be more useful to use those to go elsewhere in the solar system because we you know, don't have a huge water problem on Earth at the moment. Right. So I think if we want to go to those and mine the water, we can split it and use it for hydrogen fuel or we can use it to drink or to survive. Um, there's even talks about um, the best way to protect yourself in space is, it, is from the radiation, I think, um, is to... Coat a spacecraft in in a kind of volume of bubble water. of water, um, because, like a womb, yeah,
0: a space womb, <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Oh my god, a, little a
1: protection s- bubble. Oh, it's, a, it's <laughs> a back to your world. album. Back to your
0: album. Yeah, that's my second album, <laughs> Space Womb.
1: <laughs> so this might be a way to do it. You know, use the water from these asteroids, all comets, but it's just you know they both
0: contain contain the water. But actually, the as, asteroid is probably a better choice because oh, you you might find just more water. It's easier to get to. Maybe. Easier but to the, get to the, a more water.
1: There's more of them nearer to us, so yeah. yes, that would be
0: okay. better. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Let us move on. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the name. Electronic Janitor. Oh, uh, this,
1: is this from Twitter? This yeah, is, is from this Twitter. This is
0: Twitter handle? At Electronic Janitor. Nice. That's a very cool handle. Something tells me he's an IT guy who really hates his job. way. <laughs> <laughs> He wants to know this, uh, where other than Earth have we positively identified uh, water like we have here on Earth?
1: Okay, but we have tons of different types of water on Earth. So I guess do the, we we've got fre- so we, we've got fresh water, and we've got salt water. Salt
0: say. water, fresh um, water.
1: So yeah, lo- loads of places. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Just it depends if you want it as liquid or or not. But right. I mean, we do. There, we think there is liquid in loads of other places. So yeah.
0: So now uh-huh. here's what I want to know, uh, based upon his question uh, for you and Lindy. Um, you know, ice seems to be the order of the day mm-hmm. because you know space is really really cold. Yeah. Um but where does the ice get to be ice? Because it had to be someplace hot and something else before it became that ice on the asteroid or the comet. Okay. So where does that happen?
1: Where does water become the ice water? Right.
0: Well, you know, what is that? Is that in the formation of something or what happens to make that happen?
1: Okay. Lindy, do you want to? Sure. Uh,
2: I can tell you what our best idea is, although I don't think we really understand this process yet. But it looks like when planets are forming, they start out just as a, as a as a rotating disk of gas and dust around the young star. We see this elsewhere in the universe, even though ours is long gone. And close to the young star, it's too hot for the water to be ice. But further away from the young star, ice is formed because it's cold, even in that early Dust and gas disk. And so some of the ice could have been ice from the beginning of the solar system. And it was never melted and then frozen again.
0: Oh. There we go. Look at yeah. that.
2: Primordial. So if we captured a comet, we could drink primordial ice from the origin of the solar
0: system.
1: So this is like four and a and half that sounds like a party. years old. All right, that's
0: a party I want to go to, Lindy, by the way. Uh, I do, that's good Yeah A little
1: vodka Yeah, that's what I'm saying You know what
0: I mean? Just like, you know, a little kettle one And primordial ice
1: Primordial ice, yeah Can I have kettle (laughs) one on uh,
0: primordial rocks, please? So, that's Uh. (laughs) it
1: <laughs> all right and you could get the the ice made of different types of hydrogen so if you got like the heavy ice yes. mm, then you'd get potentially ice cubes that might sink in your drink rather than float
0: nice yeah all this could right. be fun Yo, this is fun <laughs> i kind of like you could
2: it really charge a lot of money for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. ice. Yep. they're lining up right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right very cool very cool um okay This is Chris Jacobs uh, coming to us from uh, Twitter. Uh, And Chris wants to know this. uh, um, Do you think we'll be mining from asteroids or meteors in the very near future? It's a a good question because we have now landed with Philae. Yeah. So how far are we from actually going in and mining?
1: Yeah, that's really debatable because, I mean, it's something that we've, it's kind of come to the forefront in the last few years. And there's a couple of kind of, private companies that are now looking at actually doing space mining. Now, really? originally, I think they were saying it was going to happen really soon. And I think as scientists, we all stood there going, wow, OK, they're going to do this really quickly. And that's going to be very, very impressive if they can do it. And I think their plans have been slightly scaled back Um when they realise that actually it is going to be a little bit trickier than they thought. They've got to get the funding together. Um, but the potential is that if they were to be able to mine these things, the return economically is enormous. So a small investment to start with, you know, we're still talking billions of dollars. Right. But you could potentially release many, many more billions of, if, you know, from these asteroids. if you and, bring that, and that's stuff because,
0: uh, you know, of course, you being a geologist, and uh, Inside of these asteroids are the same elements that we find here on Earth.
1: Exactly. Which
0: means the rare elements... The ones that are really expensive, yeah, we might be able to find crap loads of there's those. There's
1: so much up there, and you know, quite a lot of the precious metals are so are so important on Earth for making a lot of our electronics, right? And there's a finite amount on Earth. You know, we're going to use it up. It's in seams and stuff, and it's concentrated in different areas. And that's why we mine in different areas on the surface. But with an asteroid, there's tons of this material. Um, so the potential is that. I mean, there's every potential that we can mine these things, but it's just going to be a case of time and economics. And then we've got to decide how much we need, say, platinum, how much we need the platinum. Mm -hmm. uh, And if we've run out on Earth, what price it's got to on Earth and whether it's going to be economical to go into space and make this happen. So I think it is going to happen in the future. And I think it's going to be a case of um, hopefully what I hope is private companies working with space agencies so that we get some scientific return from this, but we also get whatever we need economically. So, yeah, do you have anything to add, Lindy? Yeah, I can't resist. Uh,
2: (laughs) So they are thinking, they've got even models for how they could go to a rocky asteroid, take some of that miracle water that's trapped in the minerals and heat it up to release the water. So it's feasible. It's not economically viable yet, like you say, but the thing I like to think about, we're trying to go to an iron a a metal asteroid right now with a mission to look at it and if we could bring that back to earth you're right it would be it would be the equivalent of all the metals we've ever needed but then you don't really make billions and billions of dollars because what you do is you collapse the global market yeah because suddenly you have
0: too much right (laughs) right. because from an economic question from an economic standpoint if we had a uh, crap load of gold here on Earth, gold would no longer be valuable. Yeah, so
1: exactly. we, we'd have to kind exactly. of retain it. So there'd have to be, you know, organizations that retained it and released it as we well, needed it. Otherwise, yeah, you would be have no cost. So uh, the
0: the fact is, you would have to you would own the asteroid, and then you would release the gold as necessary. So you yeah. would basically corner the market. Yeah. On, on whatever it is, platinum, gold, or whatever it is. Uh, and then you would determine how much you're going to release to set the price for it.
1: And then there's other problems with who owns this stuff, because it's space. You know, we we understand Earth. We fight right. over who owns bits of the Earth, and that's bad enough. But we're going to space. Well, who owns the stuff? So... If a private company goes up, a U.S. company, is it a U.S. asteroid then? Is it a whole – is it all U.S. resources or is it the global, you know?
0: All I know is if I land on that asteroid – It's yours. That's my (laughs) asteroid. And if you think it's not, you can kiss my asteroid, okay?
1: (laughs) Very good.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, Let's go with – Lucas M. Rodriguez, and he wants to know which of the two icy moons is more likely to support life, in your opinion, Europa or Enceladus?
1: Oh, that's a good
0: one. Okay, so which one of those two (sighs) moons from those two planets is more likely to have life?
1: That is so... I could not decide, actually, between those. They're both quite... I'm going to say highly likely to. Uh, they've got the right conditions almost. So I, I don't know. Do you have an? Do you have an idea? I, I don't know. I think both could. I
2: can't immediately think of a reason why one would be more likely than the other. But the, the thing that troubles me about it is that the very most likely place for there to be life on them is at the bottom of the water ocean next to the rock. Okay. And how we will ever detect that? I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, can we just? So we've got to get through the ice. They've both got an ice layer, I guess, on the outside. Um, So we've got to get through the ice with some kind of spacecraft and drop it in and then get that to get to the bottom of that ocean. It's not very easy because if it's deep, you know, we'd find it hard to get to the bottom of our we own ocean. We can't
0: even get to the bottom so. of our own ocean.
1: So the pressures are crazy. The conditions are going to be not very conducive to, you know, getting, you know, to get a, a tr- transmitting a signal back and um, to understand what's there. So, so yes, I guess it's going to be hard for us to tell.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. there you have it. Uh, Lucas, you have just given our two scientists A Sophie's choice. (laughs) They cannot decide. Okay, both my babies must die. I can't decide. <laughs> uh, All right, yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Um, what is our next question? We'll okay. come. Wait, let me see because I know we're running out of time. And we I are. saw, I saw a cool question from someone from the United Emirates, and I just Ooh, lost cool. it. Oh my god! People I'm so listening
1: everywhere. Yeah, people are listening <laughs>
0: everywhere, and that is what is so cool. Um, alright I can't you I, can't
1: find, oh I can't
0: oh upset. damn it I'm so sorry I just marked it and I can't I uh, know it's gone oh my god and there's only three pages here it's not like <laughs> what the hell just happened to me oh my god ladies I'm having a stroke
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh it's gotta be the now
2: be, person is sad uh, they have to get a question in. yes <laughs> mention them keep yes. looking keep
0: looking uh Oh, my God. What they wanted to know was, can we make a substitute for water? that's that's really what the question was but oh, I, I, okay so is the, can we make a substitute for water so that when we are traveling to someplace else instead of having a way station can we make a substitute for water for, for both here on earth and for space travel and I'll look for their name while you guys answer that
1: okay but I guess it it yes okay I, I get the question but it's understanding like why we need water and what water does on earth and water acts as a solvent and it, it's it's basically allows us to for thing for reactions to happen okay. um, so So, but And there are other solvents as liquids that can exist in the solar system that could do the same job. Um, But we wouldn't be able to drink them or survive on them. That doesn't mean that other life forms couldn't, but we just haven't seen those life forms yet. Um, We have like just a little bit of time, Lindy. Do you want to add anything to this? No,
2: I, I think you nailed it. There's nothing else that will do it for people but water.
0: Yeah. So water is it. I mean, we could make a substitute, but, you know, why would you? Right. That, yeah, that's that's really the deal. Exactly.
1: Wow. But it doesn't mean that other organisms can other organisms elsewhere. Alien organisms might not need water. That's right. the thing. But they need something that's liquid that probably that is not going to boil away and not going to freeze too easily that they can survive and inform it.
0: Gotcha. And by the way, it came from. OK, here's the name. shirag uh, uh, Jungla. From oh, brilliant! Dubai and Dubai. the United Arab Emirates. That's wow!
1: Your name that and they've got you know quite a lot of desert there. Not much water going on. Uh, can, there,
0: you, so, can you can wow. you can you just imagine why someone from uh, Dubai might ask a question of? Can we make a substitute for water? I know. Because I'm so tired of eating sand.
1: They've made a city out of sand. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm afraid that is all we've got time for. We are like at the end. I know. It was fun. It was a whirlwind. Yeah. Uh,
0: and Len, I, yeah, Lenny, I had a lot of fun. You were great.
1: Yep. Thank you thank so, you much, so much, I really
2: enjoyed this. Thanks yeah, so much.
1: You've been great. You've helped me with some uh, tricky questions. So <laughs> you had great answers. I didn't need to. I was just nodding my head. Oh, well, I'm pleased. Thank you. That's very, that was, I feel happy. <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, and I'm going to thank Chuck Nice, my co-host. Thank you've you. been fantastic. Um, but that's, yeah, all we have time for today. Um, but that's been Star Talk All-Stars. I am Dr. Natalie Starkey.
0: This is Star Talk.